All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, here we are for episode 12 of the Slightly Above Average Football Fan. I am Andrew Drozdak, and I'm flying solo this week. We are going to talk a little more NFL draft talk. Um, I've done that a couple times so far this uh, season, but we've had some new developments, um, some trades, um, both in picks and in um, players, uh, marquee players that will impact who may be drafted at certain positions. So that's uh, going to be the main topic of today's conversation. Of course, we're coming up on spring uh, games for a lot of the college teams in the Power Five. Some have already been played. Clemson recently played. Uh, we'll take a second and um, break those down in a, a future episode um, with my good buddy Thomas Bowen as our co-host that day. And we'll, of course, look at the Gamecocks spring game. I'm recording this on Sunday, so it is Masters Sunday. And, I mean, I wouldn't be a sports fan if I wasn't watching the Masters. So we've got the Masters on in the background. Uh, just leaders are getting ready to tee off here in about 40-ish, excuse me, 10 minutes. And uh, that'll be fun to have going on. So let's get to football. That's what we're here to talk about. So, big trade, uh, the 49ers move up to pick number three. Um, initially, that thought process looked like they were looking to pick up possibly Justin Fields out of Ohio State. We've talked a lot about him um, on this show and, and what he brings to the game athletically. Um, and, and even as a passer as well. So, you know, that was originally what, you know, you look at the big outlets, ESPN, Fox Sports, um, you know, NFL Network, that was what they were reporting, was that they were going to uh, most likely pick up Justin Fields. Uh, now, in more recent days, it seems like the guy they're going to be looking for is Alabama's Mac Jones, who apparently is nicknamed the Joker, which is, you know, a very fun nickname. So I say all that to bring up this. Here's the thing. When you look at quarterbacks and you look at drafting them in the first two picks, the quarterback is the face of your franchise. If you don't have a quarterback, the old saying goes, you don't have a very good team. Um, you know, I, and I do agree with that. Perry Worth and I spoke about the fact that quarterback's the most difficult position in sports with all that you have to digest, all that you have to know, both your own responsibilities, your teammates' responsibilities, and all of the things that go into playing quarterback. So if you have a true franchise elite quarterback, you should have a good football team. Now, You've got to have guys around that player, which is going to bring us to the main point of today's episode. So Jeremy Schapp of ESPN tweeted the other day, I think it was yesterday actually, that 44 quarterbacks have gone first, second, or third overall in the last 50 NFL drafts. And exactly two, Troy Aikman of the Cowboys and Peyton Manning of the Colts, have won Super Bowls starting for the team that drafted them. That is why I think it is, and Jeremy's point, that it is so risky taking a quarterback in those top three positions. But year after year, including this year, we see that's what's going to happen. Trevor Lawrence is being called the best 
or one of the best quarterback prospects of the last 40 years. Okay, that's great. That is fantastic. But by Jeremy's text, or excuse me, tweet, <laughs> I'd love for Jeremy to text me. Jeremy, if you're listening, um, I can give you my number sometime and we can, we can talk about football and sports. But anyway, um, if you look at that, Yes, he's a top-notch prospect. He is over six foot five. He has a great throwing arm. He is accurate. He's a winner. By all accounts, he seems to be the guy you want leading your football program. He seems to be the guy that'll stay late and watch film from practice and the upcoming opponent and get there early and put in the lifts and put in the throws and organize the offseason um, team chemistry pieces. Apparently he got married yesterday, so he's not probably going out to the bars looking for women or anything like that. This, everything about Trevor Lawrence looks like a can't miss, miss, excuse me, prospect. Everything about him. A winner, great accuracy, actually pretty mobile, doesn't get enough credit for how mobile he is, honestly, and has done a lot of things and played a lot of football at the college level, which some of these top-tier quarterbacks have not. And so we know his resume. We know his resume as a high school player. He's one of the best high school quarterbacks to ever do it, at least in modern time. So, yes, he looks, cannot miss. Come April 29th, if the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer took anybody but Trevor Lawrence, they would literally be crucified because... You take the franchise quarterback. He's the face of your franchise. You're going to get a number 16 jersey with Lawrence on the back. You know They're going to have him on posters. He's going to have the photo shoots. He'll be doing the interviews. He's the guy that's supposed to lead you out of the desert into the promised land. But in 50 years, people have thought that 44 times, and it's been right twice twice less than five percent of the time it has been right but gms owners coaches they keep doing it they keep doing it if you went to your boss right now and proposed an idea and said you know boss i've done the research and over 50 years of somebody using this strategy it's worked out to the highest level less than five percent of the time your boss is going to tell you to get out of his office or her office. He's, they're going to say, you're crazy. No, we're not doing that. But every NFL draft, I'm 37 years old, every NFL draft, there's a top quarterback prospect. Somebody's going high because he's a quarterback. And only two times has that led to a Super Bowl win. That's the ultimate goal of playing the game of NFL football. You know, Dan Marino is a fantastic quarterback. The Dolphins definitely will always love that they picked Dan Marino when they did. They didn't take him first, second, or third, but they took him. However, the one missing thing on his resume, the one big old hole on his resume, is no Super Bowl. Got him there as a rookie, but they didn't finish. So, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of times when we talk about champions and we talk about greatest of all time, when it comes down to it, a lot of times it is championships. It is championships. Tom Brady has done a lot of great things in his career. 
completion percentage, yards thrown for, touchdowns thrown for, leading the league in passing, all of that stuff, passing efficiency. He's done all those things, big comebacks. But at the end of the day, what makes Tom so special? The amount of Super Bowls he's won. Of course, we all know he went 199th, sixth round. So why do teams continue to go back to the well? Why do they continue to say, got to take the quarterback? Hey, Trevor Lawrence is available, got to take him. Now, again, this is not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. He does appear to be a can't miss. I mean, obviously, I, like I've said in many episodes, a lot of can't misses have missed. Let me say that again. A lot of can't misses have missed. You can think of them. You can name them. These guys were supposed to be superstars, elite, franchise, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and it happened two times in 44 picks. But as we get ready for the draft on April 29th, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Most likely, Zach Wilson from BYU is going to go number two. And we'll have more talk about how the Jets have positioned themselves to, to make that move and what they did and if that was a good decision or not or whatever the case may be. And at number three, the 49ers are looking to take a quarterback, most likely, unless they've just been doing a great job of a smokescreen. And they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, not a great QB. Let's just call it how it is. He's not a guy. He's a guy that you don't want to lose you the game but he's also not a guy you're asking to try and get you to win the game. That's just not who he is. Hadn't been who he's been in his career so far anyway. Um, you know, Jimmy fans out there would probably disagree, but I don't know. The, even the most hardened 49er fans would say, we're just trying to keep him from losing us the game and make good plays when they're there. Fine. But the top three picks, the top three picks are most likely quarterbacks. But it's only worked two out of 44 times in 50 years. But every franchise does it. They all do it. And why? Well, it's because of the thing that happens in life that really impacts us all the time. The great what if. What if the Jaguars didn't take Trevor Lawrence? What if they traded the first pick, picked up some more picks, picked up a veteran here or there, moved down to, say, you know, the eight spot or something like that, and get a veteran wide receiver to help a potential quarterback, a Trey Lance or, or something like that, you know, to, to have a weapon. They would be crucified. Trevor Lawrence, can't miss. Best prospect in 40 years, can't miss. Not going to miss. Going to lead your franchise out of the wilderness. you got to take him, right? Well, the stats, the numerical information, the analytical data tells you that's not going to work. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that the Jaguars are even considering not drafting him. Because they're not. I'm sure they've already talked to his agent. They've already got contracts that they're looking at. They're, you know, he'll be. I know he's not going to the draft. He'll have on teal or teal and black, or maybe he's going to be wearing Clemson colors. I don't know, but he he knows his franchise knows his agent knows his family knows Urban Meyer knows the owner of the Jaguars knows he's going number one overall, point blank period. But is it the smartest decision? Evidence. 
would say no. In my real job in education, we talk all the time about making evidence-based decisions in the classroom and how that's what's best for students. And, you know, that's not to get into that sort of thing. That's for a whole other type of podcast. But if we're using evidence to make this decision, two times has it worked. Two times. Now, there have been other quarterbacks taken one, two, or three that have had very good careers, had Hall of Fame careers, and have done things that are super impressive and have changed the franchise. Whoa. Got the Masters on in the background. Hideki just went way right. He looked like me going off the first tee. Goodness gracious, not the start the leader was looking for there. Anyway, we'll get back to football. So, why would they do it? Well, the media pressure, fan pressure. You, you know, no one gets super pumped up when you take the best left tackle on the draft, even though that's not a bad idea. Nobody gets super pumped up when you take the best pass rusher, if he's generational. But nobody gets pumped up, honestly, sometimes if you take the best wide receiver, the best running, nobody's taken a running back number one overall in quite some time. So quarterback, it is so important to success. It really is. Now, there's teams that have won Super Bowls without great quarterback play. The 2000 Ravens come to mind. One of the best defenses ever. Jamal Lewis at running back had a fantastic season. No no disrespect to Trent Dilfer who was playing quarterback. I think uh, Tony Banks started off as the starter that year. You know, hey, listen, you, you can do it. My team, Philadelphia Eagles, 2017, Nick Foles gets hurt into the regular season in L.A. against the Rams, tears up his knee. All the Eagles fans, including myself, are going, I can't believe this is going to happen to us. We're going into the rest, uh, the end of the regular season in the playoffs with everything going our way. He looks like he's an MVP quarterback, and he gets hurt, and everybody's going, well, I guess, uh, you know, have to wait till next year or year after or see how he heals. And then Nick Folds comes in there and does what Nick Folds does. Eagles fans, you remember the – Philly Philly, Philly special, beautiful, beautiful moment in Eagles football. But that just proves you don't necessarily have to have a top-flight quarterback. And Nick Folds, and I love you, Nick, I do, was outplayed in the Super Bowl by Tom Brady. Tom Brady played a great game, and they lost. So quarterback is important, but you can't put all your eggs in that basket. When the evidence shows, it doesn't always work. Okay, so let's talk about this. In the NFL, unlike in the NBA, where they have the lottery system, which we can talk about that in a second, in the the NFL, if you are picking first overall, you had the worst record in the league. You had the worst record in the league. So if you had the worst record in the league, minus guys just a rash of injuries or, or something crazy happening, you have a lot of holes in your roster. You need a lot of improvement all across the board. So to me, if you get a GM, you get somebody who's outside the box who's going to say, you know what? Crucify me. You know what? Destroy me on social media, ESPN, Fox Sports, NFL Network. Tell me how dumb I am to skip out on a 40-year most likely best quarterback in 40 years in Trevor Lawrence, but I need more than Trevor Lawrence. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars need more than Trevor Lawrence. Trade back. Trade back. Get a first, another first-rounder and a veteran, and maybe next year's first-rounder. Let the another team be the team that is so in love with a prospect that they think he can turn the program around. There is one football player in my lifetime that I have seen that can do something when the other ten guys on the field aren't helping him. One, his name's Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders could go for 40 yards, 50 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards by himself, and oftentimes did. But even as great as Barry was, very few playoffs, very few, obviously no championships, and got so tired of it, he, he retired early to, to, to stop doing it. But he's the only player I know of that I can think of that can do it without the other 10 guys on the field. Truth, true story. Because, yeah, ultimately I guess the quarterback has to hand it off to him. Center has to snap it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately there's three guys involved. But everybody else could fall down. They could direct snap it to Barry Sanders from center in the shotgun, under center, I don't care. And he's going to do it on his own. Not every single time, of course not. But let's be honest, go watch. YouTube's a great thing. Go watch 90s Detroit Lions football. Barry Sanders was it. Was it. Now, in years where they had good teams where they went in playoffs, there was there was some good play at the quarterback position, some good wide receiver um, play there, here and there, and, and some decent defenses. But my point is, nobody can play this game of football alone. I got the Masters on in the background. You're a great golfer. Your caddy needs to help you, but you can be a great golfer, win majors, and not have a great caddy. You know, tennis, uh, swimming, uh, you know, other individual sports, even team sports. One player on an NBA team, a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, a um, Larry Johnson, a Kobe Bryant, uh, an Allen Iverson, a Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, uh, Patrick Ewing, although the Knicks never have won that championship, have they, I admit. <laughs> uh, hope you're listening to buddy. Um, but anyway, those are a situation where one-time player, granted they needed pieces around them, could turn around a franchise because there's five guys on the, on the court. There's 11 guys on a football field, and then another 11 when you're on defense. And, you know, probably another 11 when you're on special teams. So one guy doesn't make up the team. One guy doesn't make up the team. So a great quarterback is a great quarterback. It's a great starting point. But what if you have nothing around him? I always use David Carr, not Derek. Older brother David, first overall pick, of the Houston Texans as an example. David Carr went number one overall. Had a very good college career. Very good. Great, if you if you really want to call it that. But he goes number one overall pick to the expansion Houston Texans in 2002 and then proceeds to get sacked merciless, excuse me, mercilessly throughout his first, what, three, four, five years in his career and just really never recovers and ends up as a backup, wins a Super Bowl with the uh, Cowboy, or excuse me, with the uh, Giants. Sorry, Giants fans. I know y'all aren't going to be happy about that. <coughs> but, you know, who's to say David Carr 
didn't get it done. He didn't have a great offensive line. He had Andre Johnson at wide receiver. I believe they were there. Yeah, they were there at the same time. He had some good running backs, but, you know, he needed help. Every quarterback does. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Steve Young had Jerry Rice. And then Terrell Owens. Terry Bradshaw had Lynn Swan. Troy Aikman had Michael Irvin. Peyton Manning had Marvin Harrison, along with a lot of other guys. You look at the Cowboys dynasty of the 90s, look at all the Hall of Famers. Look at the guys on defense. Look at the guys. I mean, it's amazing. Emmitt Smith at running back. The triplets. Troy wasn't doing it by himself. So it's a thing where you've got to understand you need more than quarterback. It is the most difficult position in sports. It is probably the most important, but it can't be the only guy on your team that's any good. It just can't. So you got a rookie NFL head coach who has never coached at the pro level. And listen, Urban Meyer's won. He, he, he's won at Utah, Bowling Green, Florida, obviously, Ohio State, obviously. You know, he's won championships in a lot of them. But he's never coached at the NFL level. Never been a head coach at the NFL level, certainly. You know, and again, Jacksonville Jaguars, the history of these guys who come from head coach as a college coach to head coach as a pro coach isn't great. Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, I guess you can call Barry Switzer, you know, a success, but Switzer just basically took over for Jimmy when he got tired of listening to Jerry Jones's stuff. But that's about it. So it just doesn't bode well. It doesn't look like, oh yeah, this is gonna this is gonna fix everything. Here's a great example. Number two pick. New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're picking number two again. They just picked a quarterback in the top three, Sam Darnold, who they just traded to the Carolina Panthers basically for peanuts to clear a roster spot and cap room to get another new franchise-saving, turning-around quarterback in Zach Wilson from BYU. Had a great pro day. Made throws in the pro day where he was you know, running to his left, showed off arm strength and accuracy, throwing it back right, looked like a, a frozen rope, uh, you know, something that you're taught not to do. Um, but he's got the arm strength apparently to do. Well, that's all well and good. That's all well and good. But you just did this with a top prospect from Southern Cal, Sam Darnold. He's going to be a Panther now. And maybe not even the starter. So <laughs> literally you're, you're taking the same path. Oh, we just got the wrong guy. Uh, yeah, Darnold's not the guy. We, we, you know, we just need a different guy. That was the problem. Was it? Or was drafting a quarterback and having nothing around him the problem? If you're in the top three picks, you need more than just a quarterback. So why not trade that pick, get something? Now, the 49ers, they've got weapons. they got a great defense. They're, they're in the catbird speed, seat, so to speak. The missing piece for the 49ers... Sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo, friends and family. Is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the issue. 
at least seemingly. And so if it is Mac Jones, which it, it strongly looks like, although apparently Justin Fields is going to have another pro day in Columbus so the 49ers brass can see him. Um, but, you know, to be honest, Perry Orth, when he talked about great quarterback, accuracy, arm strength, uh, intelligence, work ethic, dealing with pressure, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, guy who played the college quarterback position at the D1 level in the SEC said, you know, hey, Mac Jones, that's my guy. Keep an eye on him. I, I'm, I'm not saying that he can't do it, but he's going to be in so much better of a, a position. He's got wide receiver talent around him. He's got a running game in Kyle uh, Shanahan's offense that is being mimicked by everybody because of the success. Three-headed, four-headed monster. Debo Samuel, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina. That guy can burn you deep. You can put you on the jet. And then all of a sudden you get the ball in his hands. He's like a running back. So as long as he can stay healthy. Great defense. Strong defensive line. You know, really getting better around the board. That makes sense. Trade up. Get your missing piece. You feel like Jimmy Garoppolo's holding you back. Sorry, Jimmy. I don't care what they say in the media. That's what this move says. They feel like he's holding them back. Then that was your missing piece. That's success coming if he is the right guy, if he does have the mental makeup, if he can understand the offense and make the throws. And, you know, one of the things I talked about with um, Brad from the Pint Glass football podcast we talked about the fact that, you know, guys like a Mac Jones, guys like a Trevor Lawrence, guys like a Justin Fields, they've been around the best of the best in college. Their teammates, their, their, their guys that they're going to, they were just better than the guys defending them in almost every single case. So now how do you adjust when that's not the case, where the, where the talent is a little bit more level, where the talent is a little bit more um, par, even par? Can they now make the plays that they needed to make? Guys aren't going to be running as open as they were at Alabama, at Clemson, at Ohio State. So that's all very important to take into account. But Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Jones from Alabama, it's not to say that the 49ers have more talent than everybody else in the NFL. They've got very good talent. They've got very good talent. And so he's walking into a situation in San Francisco where they were in the Super Bowl not too long ago. They can make this thing happen. So, you know, he's in a better situation. Trevor Lawrence, again, I'll say it one last time, he does seem to have the mental makeup, the uh, intelligence, the dedication, the groundedness, and then all of the athletic skills as well. You hear all about intangibles, 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 intangibles. Well, at the end of the day, can he throw the football? You know, there's the old story going around that Brett Favre, when he was early in Green Bay days, you know, he looked at um, Mark Brunel, who was his backup, and, you know, said, as Mike Holmgren kept talking about cover two, cover four, cover three, cover six, you know, when they walked, when Mike walked out of the room and he said, what's he talking about? I don't know what any of that stuff is. That's how good of an arm talent he had because he could just go, oh, uh, that guy's open, boom, bullet, catch, touchdown. Or sometimes with Brett, interception. So here's the thing. Intangibles were great. Being able to handle the pressure, being the hard worker, being the Peyton Manning. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to throw the football. And 
These guys seem to have the arm talent. Also, you know, I, I'm shocked and I find it odd. You know, Brad and I sort of talked when he was on the show about some, you know, some hangups, so to speak, with Justin Fields. He does tend to bail out a little early when he when he gets a little pressure and whatnot. But if you look at that Ohio State Clemson uh, playoff game, he was looking like a true stud there and standing in the pocket, making throws. So right system, right situation. He's going to be a, a baller, in my opinion. But all of a sudden, he's dropped to possibly the you know, going from the second to third best quarterback in the draft to fourth or fifth? That just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, that just doesn't make any sense. He's he's a better player than that. Um, you know, wherever he gets picked, which could it be the Carolina Panthers that pick him? Could the Carolina Panthers, who have traded for Sam Darnold, could they be hedging their bets and saying, okay, let's get this traditional pocket passing guy that, you know, maybe his troubles in the NFL have been that he's been on bad New York Jets teams. And let's also get this athlete who can throw the ball, who's made big-time throws, who's read defenses, but also can escape pressure and make plays with his legs. Let's get him too. And, you know, let's not forget that being able to run as a quarterback is the defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. You ask a defensive coordinator what they least want to defend, it's a running quarterback. Now you've got somebody else to run the ball. You've got somebody else you got a key on after the ball is snapped. you got to have somebody responsible for. Where that person, even if they're just keeping an eye, you know, kind of a, a light shade, a light shadow, so to speak, they've got to keep their eyes on him. they got to keep their eyes on him because what happens if he breaks out of the box and he's gone, you know, Lamar Jackson, MVP, Michael Vick, unbelievable. Vick has said in, in many interviews after his career that, you know, he should have taken the game more seriously in Atlanta and that what they could have accomplished if he had, you know, as an Eagle fan, again, seeing him in Philly, things he did with Andy Reid and, and um, before that, or excuse me, Chip Kelly as well um, at, at times, you know, his development as a passer, if it had been where it was when he was in Philly in Atlanta and he was putting in the time, understood what was going on, and his legs were as amazing as they were then, and his arm strength was what his arm strength probably still today is, then who's to say what could have happened? But I mean, that's the whole point there as well. Top pick, lit college football on fire, seemed to take the uh, Virginia Tech Hokies to the national championship against Florida State almost by himself and with some help here and there and then you know came up a little short there but gave him everything they could they could handle comes in the NFL you know all of the explosive plays with his legs getting outside of the pocket extending plays the big long run he has for a touchdown against the Vikings in overtime can't remember if it was regular season or playoffs all of those things so yeah having that guy who can do that sells jerseys gets you on ESPN might get you more sponsorships, more national televised games, you know. But are you in the business of making money for a little while, or are you in the business of winning championships? Because ultimately, if you're a champion, they're going to find you. Kansas City Chiefs have been on national television more than they ever were. Same with the New England Patriots. You know, the 49ers, when they were winning games, you know, here recently, they started 
popping up on Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, much more than they did back in the day when they had that lull between the young era and, and moving into the 90s and early 2000s and, and whatnot. So I just think GMs, owners, coaches, they can't get caught up saying this quarterback's going to save our franchise because he can't do it alone. And Trevor Lawrence, I'll say it one last time, does seem to be the quintessential can't-miss prospect from an athletic ability standpoint, from an intangible standpoint, really from a personality standpoint. He seems to be what you want at the quarterback position to lead your team to prominence. But what happens when he's in there with men and losses build up? Sacks build up. Interceptions build up. He hasn't had that. Can he bounce with it? Can he understand what's going to happen? Can he be a Peyton Manning that set the NFL record as a rookie for interceptions and go on to be Peyton Manning? Yeah. Yeah, he can. But in the last 55, excuse me, 50 years, 44 times teams have looked for that guy and it's worked twice. So, come April 29th, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be on the clock whenever the the broadcast begins, and it ought to be one of the shortest times on the clock ever because they're going to pick him. But should they? Only time will tell. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight's, or excuse me, today's episode. Maybe tonight, wherever you're listening, could be early in the morning, could be late at night. Please subscribe. Please, please like. Please rate and review. Um, the podcast. We are at over 1,100 downloads now, which is awesome with uh, 12 episodes. That's that's fantastic. But, and considering we started this deal in, in the off season, but we got to get those subscriptions up. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your friends. Get them to subscribe. Let's keep this thing rolling. I have fun doing it. I hope you guys have fun listening to it. We'll see you down the road. Bye.